0: chapter number 15. It seems like forever ago I was in the book of Romans, but uh, last year. Yeah, it's been a whole year, okay? Actually, it's only been about a month or so, but uh, it feels like a whole year because it was last year. But uh, Romans chapter number 15, and uh, this is just really a great review course, okay? Because in Romans chapter number 15, Paul is talking about some characteristics of a strong and healthy church, Stop me if you've ever heard that before, <laughs> okay? Obviously, I put our banner back up. That was something that we we, we we really focused on when we first got here because we needed to strengthen some things. We needed to get healthy in some areas, and God has helped us tremendously in that area. Also know that that is something that our superintendent feels very strongly about, so I decided to put that back on. And then I opened Romans 15. I'm like, wow, God, this is exactly what we're talking about. So, again, it's a great reminder. Here's the thing about... Characteristics of a strong and healthy church, it's 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 kind of like your marriage, okay? It's always worth assessing and working on, okay? If you're gonna have a great marriage, you're not gonna have a great marriage by mistake. You're gonna have to work on it, you're gonna have to make investments in it, amen? And if we're gonna have a great, strong, and healthy church, we have to just every now and then be reminded and do a little checklist and make sure we're doing a lot of things right, okay? Now, for the most part, are we doing a lot of things right? Yes, we are, okay? Missions is doing something right, amen prayer uh, on, on, uh, you know, first Monday night of each month. By the way, next Monday night, Monday Night Prayer and Praise. Don't miss it. It's at 630, and uh, I believe it sets the stage for all the great things God wants to do in our church. So we're doing a lot of things right, so I just want to encourage you and challenge you in that area. But. We're going to look at Romans chapter number 15 because Paul just gives a couple things for us to look at as far as characteristics of a strong and healthy church. So we're going to look at that together. If if this is not your home church, well, hey, you pay attention anyhow because you have a home church and you want to make sure that it's strong and healthy. What do I do if it's not strong and healthy? Pray that the Lord would help you to make it strong and healthy. Amen? Because I believe we don't have enough strong and healthy churches in our community. Amen? We don't have enough. Okay? As long as the the, the devil has the largest Sunday morning attendance. We got work to do, okay? We need more strong and healthy churches, and we just want to pray that the Lord would help us to continue to be what he wants us to be. So Romans chapter number 15. I'm putting on these eye, eye, eye spectacles because I see so much better with them on. Romans chapter number 15. This passage is a continuation of the farmer chapter, and it clearly pinpoints the marks of a strong and healthy church. Once study in the passage, we as believers can never claim we didn't know it was our duty within the church to help our church become strong and healthy. Every believer's part in building and making the church strong is clearly spelled out. So let's read it together. Romans chapter number 15, I'm reading out the King James Version this morning, or this evening, rather. It says this, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. And not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive you one another, as Christ also receives us to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, for it is written, For this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again he said, Rejoice, ye Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and laud him, all you people. And again Elijah says, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. Verse 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may be that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Verse number 13 is a prayer. And that's our prayer today. That the Lord would help us to apply some of these characteristics and just do a little checkup. You know? Are we strong and healthy today? Yes, we are haven't always been able to say that but we've come a long way but it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, your marriage it's kind of like your vehicle every now and then you want to do a little diagnostic. So let's allow the Lord to just speak to our hearts and if there's any areas that maybe we find ourselves coming up a little short let's share that area up because guys God needs this church to be strong and healthy. This community needs this church to be strong and healthy. This community needs even more strong and healthy churches. So let's pray that God would do what, what he wants done in Romans 15, and he'd do what he wants done in you and I today. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word that serves as a guide at all times and in all seasons. I pray right now, Lord God, that you would help us to, to look at some of these characteristics. And Holy Spirit, we just ask right now, that you have permission to rattle our cage. You have permission to rattle this pastor's cage. You have permission, Lord, to speak to us and and uh, even correct us, Lord, because we want to be pleasing to you. Help us, Lord God, to be strong and healthy, not just for our sake. But for this community's sake, for this world's sake, Lord God, help us as a church, Lord God, to look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith, God, to fill us with hope that we can believe you through the power of the Holy Ghost to be everything you want us to be. Lord, we ask all these things and more in Jesus' name. And everybody would say, amen and amen. So the first couple of verses... The characteristic of a strong and healthy church is that the strong bear the weaknesses of the weak. Now, the weak believers are described in chapter number 14. I'm not going to go back there, but I'm going to summarize a little bit. Chapter number 14, we talked about some weak believers are those that judge, grumble, complain, murmur, and criticize. I don't know anybody like that. How about you? Okay. <laughs> the truth of the matter is we're all weak sometimes. Huh? I called my pastor friend of mine. I said, how you doing today? He said, I'm doing great. I said, well, good. I didn't want to hear you complain. <laughs> you know, because sometimes we, sometimes we just don't want to hear it. Okay. But, uh, but again, our job is to strengthen those that are having tough times. Our job is when a senior saint wants to tell me about her aches and pains, I'm going to listen. Because you know what? A few birthdays from now, I might be on the other side of that line. <laughs> I might be the person who, who's having those aches and pains. But again, watch it now. But again, we need to, as the stronger ones, uh, bear the burdens of the weaker. Okay? Secondly, those who still trust in legalistic behavior, the do's and don'ts of behavior. You know anybody like that? You know, it's the Bible is all, all about do's and don'ts. The, The Bible's not all about do's and don'ts. Does it have some do's and don'ts? Absolutely. It's about man having a relationship with God the Father. Amen? And because of the relationship, we follow the rules, okay? If you try to follow the rules in order to get relationship, you've got the cart before the horse. It ain't going to work, okay? We've tried that before. No. No. Relationship is what makes me want to keep the rules. I I say this all the time. I'm faithful to my wife, not because the book says I have to, not because she's Cajun and I'm scared of her, even though maybe I am a little bit. Out of relationship, I'm faithful to her. Why? Because I love her, and I wouldn't want to do anything to harm her or bring shame to her or to, to our family. Because of our relationship, I follow the rules. Same thing works with our Lord. Because of relationship with Jesus, we want to follow the book. We want to do what he wants us to do. And then finally, those weak believers are also those who disobey God's word and go against the explicit commands of God. Guys, I'll be honest. I I struggle with that sometimes because it breaks my heart as a pastor when I see somebody doing wrong. When I see somebody violating the word and I've warned them, I've cautioned them, I've counseled them. Pastor Randy, you ever been there? You told somebody exactly what the Word said. You said, here's what you need to do, and they do the exact opposite. It breaks our heart, okay? You know, a a pastor doesn't like saying, I told you so, okay? In fact, I don't. I just don't. There's no purpose in that, okay? But it breaks my heart when I see people that know what the Word says, know what I've told them to do, but yet they do something different. But guess what? Guys, we, 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 we don't kick those people out of church. We love them through the process. Amen? Are we hurt for them? Does our heart break for them? Absolutely. But we love them through the process. Aren't you glad somebody loved you through your processes? <laughs> Aren't you glad that on your bad days somebody still loved you? Aren't you glad that when you didn't have it all together, when you were pretty pious and religious, and some of you were? were <laughs> not you glad Jesus loved you through that? Amen? Guess what? Now we're supposed to pay it forward. We're supposed to love others through those, those difficult times. Amen? The word bear does not mean to bear in the sense of putting up with or forbearing with an attitude of begrudging. It means to bear the weakness along, to support them, to carry them along as a father or a mother would carry a child in love and tenderness, understanding, and care. You know, during the holidays, we uh, we went to New Orleans, okay? I love New Orleans during the holidays. We went down to Fulton Street, and they, they have the little snow, which is really just soap, and it got in my eyes, and I didn't like that. But, okay, we went down there, and we went down there with my godchild, London, okay? So we're walking around. We're having a great time. And, you know, London's a little bitty girl, and, 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 and she got tired of walking, okay? So she was bugging her dad to carry her, okay? And I said, I do carry you, so I put her on my shoulders, okay? You see where this one's going, huh, Pastor? And I felt pretty good about it, okay? And then all of a sudden, I realized my knee's kind of hurting, okay? Because my knee was doing good carrying my 200-something <clears throat> pounds, okay? But when I put her on my shoulders, and then I started ducking. And by the way, a, five, a six-year-old can't stay on your shoulders and not cover your eyes and not tap you in the head and not, you know, reach up for stuff. It was it was chaotic, to say the least, Okay? But what I was doing is I was bearing her burden. She didn't have to work no more. I was helping her. Guys, that's what we need to do in the church. That's what we need to do in the church, okay? And sometimes it takes longer than 30 minutes, okay? I carried her for about 30 minutes. Then I was, whoa, out. And I put her back down, okay? Guess what, guys? Some folks in the church, have to carry more than 30 minutes. Some of us are still carrying some unsaved loved ones. We're believing God for them. We, we... We rejoice when they come to church. We rejoice when they take a step toward the Lord. That's what we're supposed to do as mature believers. We're supposed to bear the burdens of those who are not quite as far in the journey as us. Amen? Boy, I'm glad I'm I'm preaching to some good people tonight. Now, while we're doing that, we need to watch a few things. Like, number one, our attitude. (sighs) You know, attitudes are contagious. It's cold season. There's a lot of stuff going around. Miss Jen asked us to pray for the, the little snotty-nosed kids at Bayou Vista. I, I don't mean that derogatory. You know all little elementary kids. And, you know, they, and their, their noses are running, and, and, and that, that spreads stuff, right? Well, guess what? Attitudes spread, too. And we need to watch our attitudes as we bear the burdens of others. Amen? The Bible commands us, grow not weary in well-doing. Why does God command that? Because it's possible to grow weary in well-doing. Anybody ever grew weary in well-doing? Don't put your hands up. Okay? But if you've been serving God any extent of time, if you've been in any kind of ministry, you grow weary in well-doing, and you realize what God tells us to grow not weary in well-doing. But we've got to watch our attitude. We've got to watch how can such an attitude, um, or or let's consider how, how can an attitude of, of anything but bearing the burdens of the weak, the weak believers prevail in the church. Scripture, scripture says this, let every one of us please his neighbor. That's what we just read in Romans 15. It is really that simple. Let us not please ourselves, but let us please our neighbor. Let us live for his good and edification. No matter what we may want, look guys, A sign of maturity is it's no longer about you. It's about others. Amen. Look, when a two-year-old throws a tantrum, we kind of understand that because it's all about them, right? But I've watched 42-year-olds throw tantrums. And it's, it's not as becoming, is it? A sign of maturity is you realize it's not about you anymore. It's about Jesus, and it's about others. Amen? And that's a sign of maturity. That's a, strong, that's a sign of a strong and a healthy church. When it's not about our needs anymore, it's about this world's needs. It's about how can we serve our community, how we can be a blessing to others. You know, the church exists. Here's the crazy thing about the church. The church primarily exists for the benefit of non-members. This is not a country club. This is not the Lions Club. It's not about you or me. It's about others. It's about your unsaved loved ones. It's about your friends and your coworkers that don't yet know Jesus. It's, it's about your coworker Jamie, that you asked us to pray for. It's about people like that that desperately need God. Amen? So we've got to make sure we keep it about that. So we need to realize it's not about us. If it's going to, we need to consider how will it affect others, okay? If it's going to be a stumbling block to our brother, we don't do it. We please help, support, and live for the good of our brothers and sisters so that they might be edified and built up in the faith. Secondly, the believer has the greatest pattern in all the world for denying himself and living for his neighbor, and that's Jesus Christ. Okay? For even Christ pleased not himself. The reproaches that were cast against God, the cursing, the dishonor, the denial, the hostility, the shame, the the rebellion against God, cut the heart of Jesus. Therefore, Christ set out to bear these reproaches against God. He came to earth and bore the sin of these reproaches and made it possible for all persons to praise God instead of reproaching his glorious name. The zeal to remove all the dishonor cast against God consumed Christ, and it fell upon him. Note this point. Christ did not live to please himself. He did not pray, Father, remove this cup of sacrifice and denial from me no matter what. He prayed in the garden, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus is the pattern for all of us. Guys, if anybody could have insisted on his own way, it was Jesus. He was God, okay? Okay? He would win every argument, but he said, I'm not here about me. I'm gonna hear about you. Okay. In the garden, one of his greatest difficult times, he knew what lay ahead. He knew the sacrifice. He knew what it was going to cost him. And his humanity was wondering, is there any other way? But he said, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. We got to get to that same place where it's not about us. It's not about our comfort. Here's a a revolutionary idea for some of us. Look, guys, God is more interested in your character development than in your comfort. Amen? Now, do I like when I'm comfortable? Yes, I do. Okay? I've got an easy chair at my house. I've got a a special recliner that I kick back in, John, and I like it because it makes me comfortable. Okay? But God's not into making me comfortable. In fact, the opposite is usually true. God likes sometimes to make me uncomfortable. Am I the only one? Any of you ever uncomfortable sometimes? Why? Because the Lord wants you to grow. The Lord wants it to become not about you anymore, but about others. And that's a process. We don't like processes. We're Pentecostal. We like suddenlies. <laughs> okay? And suddenly. I love suddenlies too. But God seems to be in the process sometimes. Amen? And we got to trust the process. We've got to realize it's not about us. Jesus set that pattern. Consider Philippians chapter number 2, Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, this attitude, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of a cross." You know guys every now and then our attitude tends to drift south. We've all been there. When you when you're when you're when you're starting to think things you ought not think, when you're starting to maybe, you know, get frustrated in some things, consider Jesus. The attitude that Jesus had, the spirit that was in Jesus. It's in you. It's in you and me as believers. We just got to remember that and we not need to realize it ain't about us, it's about others. First Peter 2:21 says basically the same thing. For even on even Hereunto unto were you called because christ also suffered for us leaving us an example that we should follow his steps look jesus didn't just tell us but he showed us he didn't just tell us the right way but then he he fulfilled it every step of the way he went to the cross he died for you and i he did all those things because of you here's a couple thoughts what a glorious spirit would prevail in the church if this was really practiced, as Scripture says, by every one of us. Acts 20 and 35, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to receive the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Galatians 6 and 2, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Look, guys, we've come a long way in that area. But we still got a ways to go, Amen. It's still, it's still more about us than it needs to be. But guess what? Every opportunity we have to crucify the flesh and and fulfill the the, the things of God in our lives, we need to do it, Amen. Because that's a step closer to being who God wants us to be. Another thought. Note how life changing this point really is. The serious believer no longer asks if questionable behavior is right or wrong or moral. But if it's good for his brother, will this thing edify and build up his brother? Look, everything we do should bring glory to God and should edify and build up the church. Amen? Everything we say, everything we, we do, every place we go. Amen? We all could do a little better job in that, your pastor included. A couple scriptures to consider. Mark chapter number 12, verses 30 and 31. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Second one, namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. John says this in chapter number thirteen, verses thirty-four and thirty-five. Jesus said, "A new commandment I've given to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this, all men shall know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another." Guys, when we love one another, when we walk together in unity, when we apply the principles of a strong and healthy church, it speaks volumes to the community. Amen. I was talking to somebody today who's, who's been at our church for about a year now. And uh, when he first started coming, he was like, I can't believe I'm going to that church. Why? Because of some of the things he'd heard about this church. Amen? I'm so glad that things are different. I'm so glad that we more applied the scriptures. Okay? It's not about man anymore. It's about God. Amen? It's not about man being in control. It's about God being in control. Amen? And I'm so glad that, guys, look, the way we love one another speaks volumes to this community. We've got to do a better job. We've got to do a better job. Galatians 5, 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. James 2 and 8. If you fulfill the royal law according to Scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. So again, guys, it's so important that we realize it's not about us. It's about others. It's about about loving one another. It's about loving God, and it's about loving people. Now, verse number four tells us it's another important characteristic of a strong church. In a strong church, everyone studies the scriptures. Everyone, okay? Not just the pastor, not just the pastor emeritus, not just the Royal Ranger teacher, the, the, the Sunday school teacher, the small group leader, not just those folks. Everybody studies the scriptures. This is a great verse on the purpose of the Holy Scriptures. In very simple terms, it tells us why God gave us the Bible. Number one, the Scriptures were written for our learning, instruction, direction, and guidance. Guys, this Bible, this book is the instruction manual to life. Now, I know you men don't like instructions. Okay? In fact, I used to joke about them. They're called destructions. Okay? Look, I'm I'm the kind of guy, I look at the picture and I'm going to build it. Now, that might work with some little end table my wife has. It may work for you, Greg, because you are amazingly creative. But guess what? When it comes to your spiritual life, you better read instructions, okay? Because sometimes you think you're building one thing and something else comes out, okay? I put stuff together, Pastor Randy, and I had a few leftover parts, okay? And I just said, we better not put too much weight on that thing. We better stick it in the corner, okay? I've tacked bookshelves to the wall. Why? Because I was afraid my construction would fall apart. Now, if it would, that's just funny. But I've watched lives fall apart. I've watched families fall apart. I've watched marriages fall apart because they don't go by the book. That's why everybody got to get in the book, guys. It's why it's so important that we live by the book. Amen? Scriptures were written for our instruction, our direction, our guidance. John 20 and 31 says, But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that believing you might have life through his name. This is just not for preachers. Second Timothy 2 and 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We share that all the time with scriptures and it's uh, with ministers and it's applicable to a ministers, but it's applicable to all of us, guys. You've got to study the scriptures. Second Timothy three sixteen adds all scripture. Say all scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. We cannot play Bible buffet. We cannot just take the parts we really like, okay? Guess what? We love grace and we love mercy, but you also got to forgive other folks, even when they hadn't asked for it. Amen? So we got to do what the Word says. We got to be people of the Word. The Scriptures were written to stir three things up in believers, according to verse number four, patience, comfort, and hope. Patience, comfort, and hope. Every one of us as believers need those things. We need to put those things in the Lord. Let's move on, because I'm taking way too long. I can tell I hadn't done a Wednesday night teaching in a while. Verses 5 and 6. In a strong church, everyone works for unity or harmony. Guys, unity is so important in the kingdom of God. Okay? Unity attracts his presence. Unity changes everything. Why does the enemy attack unity so often? Because he knows that the church can be unified. It's going to plunder his kingdom. Amen? we got to deal with it. we got to stay unified. Again, I would say that we as a church are more unified today than we have been in years. But guess what? We can't take it for granted. Because don't you think the enemy's going to wave a white flag and say, okay, I give up. You get Berwick. You're preaching on inheriting the land. You can have it. I'll move down to Bayou, go I'll, I'll move down to Bayou Lewis. Okay? No, no, no. The enemy stills up to a fight. Because, look, in the promised land, there's still battles. There's still giants that have to fall. But if God be for us, friends, who can be against us? And if we can stay unified, if we can stay on the same page, we need to continue to pray for unity. We need to continue to walk in unity. When we have things that we disagree about, let's talk about it. Look, you're a lot better talking to somebody than talking about somebody. Amen? And, look, can I just add this? Don't put your business on Facebook. (laughs) I'm talking to somebody today about some business on Facebook. Don't put your business on Facebook. Okay? Pray before you post. In fact, if you pray, you probably wouldn't post. Moving right along. Unity. (laughs) What's what's that little meme with SpongeBob? I'm out of (laughs) here. Okay? Moving right along. Unity. How can a church, a church with so many diverse personalities, achieve harmonious feelings and have one mind? These two verses are a prayer of Paul. He has just said that the endurance and the comfort necessary to live for God comes from the scriptures. How can we be unified? We follow the scriptures and we obey the spirit. Amen? We follow the scriptures. We do what the book says. What does the book say when you have problems with somebody? Matthew 18. What does it say? Go to that person. It doesn't say put it on Facebook. Okay, I'll get over that. Okay. It it, it doesn't say, it doesn't say, Go to go tell everybody about it. And look, I, I know us church folks, you, you don't gossip, but you share prayer requests. Sister Sarah, I need you to pray, honey. Sister Garland, come on, guys. We've got to be better than that, okay? We don't do that no more. Not around here. Not with this guy as the pastor, okay? we got to do some things right, guys. We've got to be unified. we got to stay unified. Why do I tell you those little stories? Because that's how the enemy tries to bring discord. That's how he tries to bring nonsense, okay? We've had enough of that. Amen? So how can a church stay unified? Obey the scriptures and obey the spirit. Amen? So important. A couple scriptures for us to consider. 1 Corinthians 1 and 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. The Holy Spirit can do that. He can do that together. It's a work of the spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter number 13, verse 11. By the way, he had to tell the Corinthians more than once because they were hard-headed. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. Guys, unity attracts his presence. We need his presence. We need more of the presence of God. Amen? What are the characteristics of a great church? The presence of God and the participation of the people. Amen? We need the presence of God, but we also need to be on the same page. We need to do what God tells us to do, and we need to do it in unity. A couple other scriptures. Ephesians 4 and 3. By the way, Paul basically said be unified to every one of his churches. Every one of his epistles said something to this effect. Ephesians 4. By the way, tell the Corinthians twice because they were hard-headed. Ephesians chapter number 4, verse number 3. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Philippians 1 and 27, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And unity is so important. It's so important he continues in verses 7 through 12. In a strong church, everyone accepts one another. There's no discrimination whatsoever in a strong and healthy church. The word receive means to take to oneself, to receive a person as a friend, to treat as the closest of friends with the most caring kindness. Believers are to receive one another in the closest of bonds. The believer has the greatest pattern imaginable, Jesus Christ himself. Aren't you glad that Jesus received you? Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't wait for you to clean up your act, but he helped you clean up your act? Look, guys, everybody who walks through those doors, I want them to feel loved. I want them to feel received by us. Amen? The Bible says nothing for us to do about judging. All judgment is given to Jesus. Okay? If anybody feels judgment, that's the Holy Ghost working on their heart. That's the Holy Ghost touching their heart. I want everybody who walks through those doors to feel loved, accepted, and a part of the family of God. Amen? Because we've all been there before, hadn't we? We've all been there before. So guys, it's just so important that we walk in unity, that we receive one another, that we receive folks like Christ has received us. Believers are to receive one another, even as Christ has received us. No person is too prejudicial or critical, too weak or base for us to receive. The point is that Christ received and ministered to the most um, prejudiced and judgmental folks, the Jews, the most sinful and abased, the Gentiles, people in the world. Therefore, believers can receive one another. No one is too far gone to be rejected and cast away. We are to receive each other as Christ has received us. Receive, love, minister to, not judge. Amen? Not judge. But so many times the church is so, quickly it's so quick to judge. Amen? That's not our job. Not our job. Look, guys, trust the Holy Spirit. Trust leadership. Okay? Look, if there's something that needs dealing with, I'll deal with it. Okay? My board will help me deal with it. We'll deal with the issues. Don't you worry about that. Let's just love everybody who walks through those doors. Amen? Let's be the church that love builds. Let's be the church that loves. builds. I think we used to have a saying around here, the church that cares about you. Can we get back to that? Be the church that cares about you again. Be the church that loves you. Be the church that is going to be there for you, minister to you, accept you as Christ has accepted you. I believe we keep heading in that direction. Whew. A lot of good things are going to happen. We are to receive each other for the glory of God. Remember our text, Romans 15 and 6, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Unity is such a vital, important part of a strong and healthy church. And I close with this. In a strong church, everyone is filled by the God of hope. God is the God of hope. He is the author of hope, the foundation, the builder, the finisher of our hope. Note that this is a prayer. Paul finishes chapter number 15 of Romans with a prayer. I guess he doesn't finish the chapter, but he finishes this little section with a prayer. This is a prayer. Look at the things that were mentioned that cannot be possessed apart from God. We can possess them only as he gives them to us. Number one, there is joy joy an inner gladness a deep-seated pleasure it's a depth of assurance and confidence that ignites a cheerful heart it is a cheerful heart that leads to a cheerful behavior look guys what's on the inside will always come out amen there's a big difference between joy and happiness okay i'm happy that lsu won the title i'm happy when the saints win i'm happy when my boy gets a scholarship i'm happy when landon hits a home run i'm happy about those things that's not joy happiness comes and goes. Happiness is determined by what's going on in you and around you. Joy is different. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. Sister Garland can have joy no matter what the doctor says. Sister Garland can have joy no matter how she feels. Amen. She can have joy no matter what Donald says. Okay. <laughs> she can have joy. Why? Because it's a gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need that. We need that in a good, strong, and healthy church. We need the joy of the Lord. John 17 and 13. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak to the world, that you might have joy fulfilled in themselves. 1 Peter 1 and 8. Whom having not seen you love, in whom, though now you see him not, yet believing you, rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. In addition to joy, a strong and a healthy church has peace. Note that the peace comes through believing, and peace comes from God. John 14 and 27, peace I leave with you, Jesus said. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He continues with John 16 and 33. These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In this world you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that he overcame the world? Philippians 4, 6 and 7, I'm almost done. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passed all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Isaiah said it this way, Isaiah 26 and 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. Guys, we've got to trust in the Lord. He's our only hope. Amen? Don't trust in the government. Don't trust in a politician. Trust in the Lord. Amen? And then finally, there is hope. There is hope. Romans 8 and 24, for we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for? Titus chapter number 2, verses 12 and 13, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? That's our hope, guys. I finish with 1 John chapter number 3, verses 1 through 3. The Bible says this, Behold, what manner of love hath the Father bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Wherefore the world knoweth knoweth us not, because it knew not him. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, and every man that hath this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure and guys we need to allow the holy spirit to work in our lives amen a strong and healthy church allows the holy spirit to work in individuals lives just like in corporate lives amen so as i close two key elements to a strong and healthy church i already mentioned them the presence of god and the participation of the people let's recommit tonight to continue doing our part, according to Romans 15, to walk in unity, to, to trust God, to follow the commandments, to get in the book, to recommit, to be back in the book. Look guys, I'm rereading the Bible this year. Well, you didn't get it last year. No, I need more of it. Hey man, I'm rereading the Bible this year, not for your benefit, but for mine. Look guys, I don't read the Bible because I'm your pastor. I read the Bible because I love Jesus. Okay. And trust me, I need to love Jesus to be be your pastor, okay? Y'all are a great church, and you're good people, but I still need Jesus. We all need some Jesus, amen? I read the Bible not because of you, but because of me, because I need to know what the Word says. Now, if I need it, how much more do you need it, amen? Pastor, you still read that Word, don't you? You're spelling that Word all the time, right? Guess what? It's not about... Guys, we've got to be in the Word. These are things we have to do. So let's recommit to do the things that Romans 15 tells us to do. And believe God to, to become and continue to be everything he wants us to do as we believe that the best days of LCC Burwick are ahead of us, ahead of us all. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we love you. I thank you, Lord, for your Word. I thank you for this little checkup and this little reminder, Lord God, that, that we walk in unity that we do things like you want us to do, that, God, you would help us, Lord God, to to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you right now, Lord God, that we are stronger and healthier today than we've ever been. And I pray today, Lord God, that you would help us all, God, to bear up with the weaknesses of others. God, help us, Lord, to get in the word, to to walk in unity, Lord God, and to be filled with hope and to be empowered by your Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask right now, Lord God, that the best days of our church, the best days of the families of our church would be ahead of us and not behind us, Lord. God, we've had a great past. We've had some glorious times in the past, but I truly believe, Lord, the future is amazing. God, I thank you, God, as we walk in unity, as we walk in the power of the Holy Ghost, that, God, we are going to be everything you want us to be. God, give us authority. Give us power, Lord God, to do great and mighty exploits in these last days, Lord, as we continue to strive to be the healthy, the strong and healthy church that you want LCC to be. Lord, bless these people. Help them to walk in unity. Help us to walk close to you, Holy Ghost. And I just ask right now, Lord, that you would anoint them. You'd anoint this church, and you'd help us make a difference, Lord, in our community and our world. It's in Jesus Christ's name I pray, and everybody would shout, amen Amen. and amen.